The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com earnings right now. NetSuite.com earnings. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. And joining us now is Barbara Ann Bernard, Chief Investment Officer at Wincrest Capital, getting her markets outlook. I do like the way you start your talking points at your centers here, Barbara, and it is Tina versus Tara. Tell us what that means exactly. Thanks, Rashad. Always happy to be on. So, yeah, I think for the first time in a long time, there is an alternative to equities. And people call that the Tina trade. There is no alternative. So what we think is happening is investors are dumping Tina to date Tara. And even as a predominantly equity investor, increasingly when we look at a stock, we look at the bonds and we're like, hang on double-digit, guaranteed, safe company. Um, so this is the, the equity markets have competition for the first time in a long time. I like this line as well. Sell hubris, buy humiliation. <laughs> well, I'm a contrarian value investor, so that comes <laughs> naturally. But, um, you know, one of the things that we're seeing right now is that everyone is hiding in U.S. equities. And I'm not sure if that's a function of so much money being passively invested. Um, or people thinking it's safe. But in my experience, things can be safe or they can be cheap, but they're not they're 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 not both, right? So we think the US is expensive. And just to put some numbers around that, right now the US is sixty-nine point seven percent weighting in the MSCI All Country World Index. If you were to re-rate reweight the MSCI All Country World Index by GDP contribution which they do, the U.S. would be 20.6%, not 69.7%. So by definition... It's not very fair, though, because for years we had China, you know, China economy was soaring, but but the stock market was, you know, kind of in the toilet. Uh, So it's a little bit of a tricky comparison. I, I think so, but what, it, what what excites me is that ratio is at an all-time high, and it can't go on forever because that would mean 100% of the investments were in the U.S. And because money is finite, if so many dollars are in the U.S., it means other places are overlooked. So, you know, we talk about bubbles and anti-bubbles. And anti-bubbles are, you know, companies and countries that have great gross prospects that are just being overlooked. And that's where we look for value. And, you know, this concept of a country being very popular is not without precedent. In the 80s, Japan accounted for 15% of global GDP, but attracted 50% of all the money. So um, we've seen this before, and we are far more constructive on emerging markets and the places that capital is afraid to go. So, Barbara, can we draw parallels between China and Japan in the 1980s? Um, of course, it's different. Uh, it always is. And, you know, but China has sold off 
in my opinion, indiscriminately. Like, why is it sold off so significantly last week? Because people say, oh, she will be in power again. Well, to me, I'm like, we know what that is. It's more of the same. That that doesn't change no. my risk tolerance for China, right? No, so then I, don't it's think it's, I don't think it's more of the same. And I think a lot of people don't think it's more of the same. In fact, they think a big change has been made and that the economy and markets will take a distinct backseat to the politics and to gaining power. Yes, but what is priced in, right? And so when I, I'm not buying China as a market, we're trying to find gems within um, a market that's been oversold. Um, and so when I think about comp opportunities, like one of the companies that we're quite constructive on is EDU, um, the largest um, provider of after-school tutoring. And to put into perspective the margin of safety we have on that, the net cash on the balance sheet is 4.3 billion, which is over 50% higher than the market cap, which means you're getting the business for free and being paid to wait. And they have now announced that they will be profitable at the operating level next year. They've just announced a 400 million buyback, which is 10% of the market cap. So where I get excited is when I find mispriced but not mismanaged companies. And what I think is some macro volatility can create micro opportunity. So I'm not saying you just go buy the index. What I'm advocating is finding the baby that's been thrown out with the bathwater. Yep, and uh, that's always good. <laughs> there are a lot of uh, babies being thrown out with the bathwater, and, and, and uh, you know that's right. your challenge. Uh, one other one that I want to get to is uh, you've had some great notes here. You got your favorite Peter Drucker quote. Tell us what it is and why you like it. Oh, so uh, yeah, so. Um, you know, the, he the heroes of the, the boom the are the villains of, of the, the bust. Boom are the villains of the bust, and that's what we're seeing time and time again. If you look at magazine covers, they they sort of show consensus, right? And um, and it, it's fun to go through Barons over the last twelve months and to see how many fallen angels there are from there. But I mean, everyone from Powell to Musk to Kathy Woods to Tiger Global to Zuckerberg to Bezos, there's so many villains. And what we're seeing is that. When you have a rising rate environment, it's an absolute regime change. And so I think what we're witnessing right now is a rotation out of all the tech companies that did so well in an easy money environment and a rotation into the depressed stocks, the value stocks, the commodity stocks, into I think the, the greatest uh, anti-bubbles, active management. I mean, if you just think about people thought it was so clever to passively invest because they were saving a 1% management fee, but on active management, you know, our fund's flat on you. You could have saved 30% of your whole investment. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Barbara, we got to go, unfortunately. Barbara Ann Bernard, Chief Investment Officer at Wincrest Capital. Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are, like, really close to the edge of, like, everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze, and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.